Imam al-Ghazali, and this is from uh, the Ihya, he, he said that, because the Prophet ﷺ, he said in the hadith, مَنْ حُسْنِ إِسْلَامًا From the good Islam or the beautiful Islam of a, a, an individual is to leave what does not concern him. So what does that mean, to leave what doesn't concern us? Imam al-Ghazali defines it as وَمِنْ جُمْلَةِ مَا لَا يَعْنِي From some of the things that are of no concern. حِكَايَةُ asfar. Just talking about travels and, and things like this. Um, you know, the stories of uh, journeys, travel logs and things like that. Ahwadu at bilad Talking about different foods from different places. Wa'adatihim. And the different cultures and things uh, that go on. Wa'ahwad al-nas. Wa'ahwad al-sina'at tijarat And talking about the conditions of people also and talking about different commercial practices and things that are of no concern. Just You're just talking about them just to chew the fat, as they say. And then he says, uh, And this is what you see most people talking about. In other words, it's basically just conversations that people are having. It's fudul. It's, he's saying it's a waste of time. The majority of what people are talking about is just a waste of time. And what these people, you see, I mean, the thing about these people is that they understood that you have limited amount of time. And that's what they were vigilant about. What do we do with our time while we're here? Because we're here. We're all here, right? You're here. I'm here. We're here. And we're here for a short time. Before we know it, we go the way that all humans go, right? Everything walking on Torab ends up Torab. That's the human condition. And so, what did they do with their time? You know, what did they do with their time? Because people do different things with their time. So that's, their concern was time, time management. These are the real time management people. And the most important thing to them was to utilize the time that you have on earth to purify your soul. Tazkiyya. He has had success, the one who purifies the soul, and he is destroyed the one who stunts his growth, the, the growth of the soul. وَلَوْلَا فَضْرُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ مَا زَكَى مِنْكُمْ If it wasn't for the fadl of Allah and His mercy, none of you would have had the tazkiyah. يُجَاهِدُ نَفْسُهُ لِيَرْبَ الْعَالَمِينَ وَيَتَحَلَّ بِمَقَامَةِ الْيَقِينَ يُكْثِرُ الذِّكْرَ بِصَفْوِ لُبِّهِ وَيُكْثِرُ الذِّكْرَ بِصَفْوِ لُبِّهِ he does dhikr with his Lord. This is Ibn Ashur says, يَسْحَبُ شَيْخًا عَارِفًا مَسَارِكَ يَقِيهِ فِي الطَّرِيقِهِ الْمَهَارِكَ يُذْكِرُهُ اللَّهَ إِذَا رَآهُ وَيُوصُلُ الْعَبْدَ إِلَى مَوْلَاهُ That you should accompany people that will remind you of God when you see them. They will direct you to God when they speak. And these are people, يُحَاسِبُ نَفْسُ عَلَى الْأَنْفَاسِ They're people that take their breasts to account. They realize their breasts are accountable. 
Right? They weigh their thoughts in the divine balance. They look at the mi'yah, even their thoughts. These are people that don't let thoughts come into their mind that are not proper. That's the work they've done on themselves. These people had a khalwa of three years in those rooms down there. Three years. And that's how serious they took this. And this is the problem with modern people. They don't realize your time's limited. You're moving. We're going to be out the door before we know it. So what are you doing with your life? And what are you doing with your time? He does dhikr with his essence. All of that is with the help of his Lord. We, we, our help is from you. We worship you, but our help to do that, the aun of that is from you. They struggle with their souls for the sake of the Lord of the world. And they adorn them. So the first part is takhliyah. Is emptying the soul. Khalibalik min nafsika, emptying the mind from the, uh, emptying the mind of the ego, getting rid of this, uh, this destructive self. Annafsal amaratu bisu, getting rid of this commanding self, cultivating it so that it becomes nafsal lawama and then it moves into nafsal mutma'inna, a soul at peace with its Lord. Fear of Allah that we're going to meet our Lord. Khawfum, Rajan, hope. Yarzullahu al-yawm al-akhir. Laqad kana lakum fi rasulillahi uswatun hasana liman kana yarzullaha wal-yawm al-akhir. Wa dhakarullaha kathiran. And they, the, the, the people that have in the Messenger of Allah, who are they that really take his, his, the paragon of perfection of the Messenger of Allah? Who are these people that, that yata'assa bi rasulillah? They have the uswa of the Messenger of Allah. They're people that they have, they're, they're aware of the coming of the Day of Death. They're looking forward to meeting their Lord. That's what they want. They're on the journey to meet their Lord and they're looking forward to the journey's end. They're thinking about the journey's end. To your Lord is your end. Even when a musiba afflicts them, like the woman who every, her whole family got killed, she said, everything's easy after you, O Messenger Allah. Give us certainty that enables us. To find everything easy after you. Would that you were sweet and the whole world, this life was bitter. Would that you were pleased and everybody else was angry. وَبَيْنِي وَالْعَالَمِينَ خَرَبُوا وَالَّذِي بَيْنِي وَالْعَالَمِينَ خَرَبُوا Would that what's between me and you is flourishing and what's between me and the rest of creation is derelict. وَإِنْ صَحَ الْوُدُّ مِنْكَ فَالْكُلُّ هَيِّنُونَ 
If I have your love, everything else is easy. Everything walking on this earth is just dust. So that's, that's, that's what he's telling us. Don't all this emptiness, right? And then, Sidi Ahmad Zarruq, ma laysa yani wa fudulu. The thing that doesn't concern you is fudul. It's, it's excess. قَدْ حَدُّهُ الزَّرُّقُ إِذْ يَقُولُ مَا لَمْ تَكُنْ تَدْعُوا لَهُ الضَّرُورَةِ وَحَاجَةٌ وَلَا يَخُصُ صُورَةِ بَرْعَمَّ فِي الْأَقْوَالِ وَلَفْعَالِ وَفِي الْعَوَارِضِ الَّتِي بِرْبَالِ That Zarruq said that what doesn't concern you is something that's not necessary or you have some need for it or it's not something specific to, it, it, it concerns you. It's not specific to you in anything you say or do. And also the empty, insignificant thoughts passing through your mind. Because that's a whole other level. The Because what people do is they end up articulating those things. Just because you're having a thought doesn't mean you have to speak it. But a lot of people feel they have to. Hence, tweeter. And a lot of them want to sound profound. Really, they do. They want to sound profound. So they say things like, well, I, you know, you, you've read your tweets, right? But the thing about it, just get Bartlett's quotations and tweet those. They're much more interesting. <laughs> and most of them stole them from somebody else anyway, right? If they're worth tweeting, they were taken from somebody else anyway, unless they're contentions. I've never seen those anywhere. Like suicide bombing is an extreme way of shooting yourself in the foot. <laughs> the intellect decides what's real goods. See, the aql is what tells you what are the real goods, what's really good for you. The Prophet ﷺ said, حُفَّةَ الْجَنَّةُ بِالْمَكَارِحِ Paradise was surrounded by dislikeful things. Things that aren't pleasant. See, the aql, what does the aql tell you? It tells you the cheesecake's bad for you. Right? That's what it tells you. The aql tells you that. It says you don't want to eat that. Empty calories. You're going to get sick. Rot your teeth. Right? But the shahwa tells you, no, 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 I love that. That's good. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have such joy when I eat it. Oh, it's, I don't have it yet, but I desire it. See, that's what it's doing. That's what the nafs is doing. The aql says, okay, every once in a while, I'll reward you for being a good nafs. <laughs> right? So maybe on the Eid, I'll have a piece of cheesecake. Right? But the intellect, this is, this is the, the, the rule of the intellect. And so these are, this is important because what if 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 the aql is absent in the decision making process then what happens is the nafs chooses apparent goods it chooses pleasure and this is why the prophet sallallahu said huffat an-nar bi-shahawat this is going to take you to hell huffat an-nar bi-shahawat drugs right People love to feel happy. Drugs make people feel happy, right? 
You shouldn't know that. But people like drugs. It makes them feel happy. So they go after them. They obtain the goods. They feel joy. When it's absent, they feel desire. So they become addicted, right? That's because drugs are an apparent good to the nafs. It looks like it's a good thing. It's going to help me deal with my troubles, just have a highball, loosen up, got so much stress at work, right? This is the nafs speaking. But the aqal says, khamar, it's bad. Umm al-khaba'ith, right? So, Maybe you love a thing. Your nafs loves it. It's an apparent good, but it's evil for you. And maybe you dislike a thing, but it's good for you. Allah knows, so listen to what I'm saying. With your aqal, I'm giving you good advice. The aqal knows. If you listen with your fitrah, then you'll know you're right. It's not good for me. Khamar is not good. But they, oh, a little bit of it is good in moderation. Allah says, there's benefit in it. But the sinfulness, the harm is worse. Maslaha wa mafsada. That's tarjih. Which one? And that's where the aql says, I'd rather give up my moderate drinking, right, and prohibit alcohol if it's going to mean that people out there will get addic- won't get addicted and won't suffer who can't be moderate with it, right? So that's, that's, the, that's a whole other way of thinking about this. So that's the quwa shahwaniya. The karamat or the, the, the wonders that come from the mujahada of the body are uh, hissiya. This is what the, the ulama say. Uh, they're, they're sensory type things. So for instance, uh, there's a hadith, right? right? That whoever lowers his eyes, because that's struggling mujahada of the bedan, because it's a sensory thing. You enjoy looking at things that give you delight. So if you struggle against that, the, the Prophet said, Allah will cause you to taste a sweetness in your, in your ta'a. So people actually get physical pleasure. In fact, some of the scholars argue about if people do ibadah because of the physical pleasure. Because you can get physical pleasure in ibadah. You can get physical pleasure in prayer. You can get physical pleasure in tilawat al-Quran. Literally, physical pleasure. Just like other people get pleasure in their uh, sensory things, people get physical pleasure from these things. And this is why if you look, the, the metaphor that, or not the analogy that you can see of mujahada of the bedan are athletes. It's because they do incredible mujahada of their bodies and look at the miracles. That's why people watch sports. They don't watch sports for the 90% of the game or 95% of the game that's just, they watch it for those moments where they can't believe it. Right? This is why they watch. And that's why most people, they just watch the highlights at, on the news or something. Because they show the highlights, right, of these amazing things. That's because these people are doing mujahada of their bodies. So they get these, these gifts. Because these are sunan of Allah. If you do these type of struggle, you'll get these results. And then you have mujahada of the, the nafs. And the mujahada of the nafs is fighting against your, uh, your greed, your 
your impulses, all the akhlaq asayya, your bad character, all these things. If you fight against those, Allah will give you understanding, right? Faham, understanding. And, and some of the ulama, Allah gave them great gifts. Some, we have ulama that were literally like uh, uh, one of the great scholars of uh, tafsir, uh, of, uh, uh, who did a commentary on the um, Jalalain, Imam al-Jamal, he was illiterate, he couldn't read or write. And, and he taught in Al-Azhar, Khalid al-Azhari. He had big openings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was an ignorant man. He was close to 40. He was a, he used to take care of the lamps in, in Al-Azhar. And he spilled some oil on one of the students. He was filling a lamp. He spilled some oil on one of the students and he told them, you know, ahmaq or something. You know, he just said, watch what you're doing. And he felt so bad. He's a mature man and this young student is looking at him with contempt. So he went to one of the shaykhs and he said, I, I want to, I want to educate myself. And he began to teach him. He was so sincere. Allah gave him big openings. He became one of the greatest grammarians of his time. And his commentaries are still read. Khalid al-Azhari. He's not even, they just call him al-Azhari. Khalid al-Azhari. You know, you have uh, Sidi Abdul Aziz al-Dabbaq. Uh, he was ummi, illiterate, couldn't read or write. And he gave commentary. He solved some problems in tafsir that if you read the Ibriz, you'll see. He solved some problems in tafsir. He used to be able to, he could do the hadith uh, by just hearing a hadith. He knew if the Prophet ﷺ said it or not. And one of them asked him how he did that. He said, if, 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 if he said it, I, he said, you know how in winter when you speak, you see like a steam come out? He said, when they speak a hadith, I see light come out of their mouth. And if, if, if it's not, I don't see that light. This is what he said, subhanAllah. Al-Buyazidi, one of the ulama, he was ummi, and Allah gave him all these knowledge. Sidi Ahmed Zarruq, one of the greatest, uh, really, scholars of the, of Ta'ifatayn. You know, he's Imam of Ta'ifatayn because he was a great faqih, Usuri scholar, he was a muhaddith, he was a student of Imam Sakhawi. Imam Sakhawi was one of the greatest muhaddithin. Sidi Ahmed Zarruq, his teacher, who he had his opening with, Abu Abbas al-Hadrami, was illiterate. And he actually took permission when he wrote his book on Abul Abbas, he asked him, could I correct all your grammatically incorrect statements and write them in Fusha? <laughs> really? I'm not making this up. You know, this, I mean, this is, these are people who were so sincere with Allah that Allah gave them openings. And the reason Allah will keep these uh, unlettered uh, awliya who are given knowledge is to prove because the karamat of the awliya are like the mu'jizat of the anbiya. So the Prophet ﷺ, when they asked Sidi Abdul Aziz at the Baagh, somebody said to him, Al-Ulama warathatul anbiya, mada waritha min al-Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, warithu minhu ummiyatahu. You know, that I, I got from him his ummiyah. In other words, my knowledge is not, this is called wahbi knowledge. You have kasbi and wahbi knowledge. And kasbi knowledge is important. You, you have to study and learn. That's kasbi knowledge, to learn. You have to study fiqh and you work on it, you do memorization, things like that. But wahbi knowledge is what comes. If you act according to what you know, Allah will give you knowledge that you don't know. It's not a jumla shartiya, but the ulama take a ishara from that ayah. Have taqwa of Allah and Allah will teach you. Right? 
It's an ishara, it's not a grammatically, it's not a jumla sharqiyah. But the, the meaning of the condition is sound, the ulama say. That if you have taqwa, Allah will give you knowledges. And then you have mujahada to shaitan and fighting shaitan. إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ عَدُوٌ لَكُمْ فَاتَّخِذُهُ عَدُوٌ Shaitan is an enemy. And shaitan is real. You know, shaitan is real. Not with the, the, you know, I mean, there's hadith that there's horns of shaitan and things. But, you know, the, the popular imagination has created this image that uh, makes people think that it's a joke. Shaitan is real. There's dark forces working in the world. And, and they whisper in the hearts of people. And so the Prophet ﷺ, his heart was pure. And that's why the people around him, their hearts were purified by being in his company. Because that's what happened. If you keep company of good people, you become like good people. You keep company of bad people, you become like bad people. One of the things about recidivism in prison, you get people that become Muslim in prison or they become Christian, whatever. They go back. And one of the horrible things, look at this, in parole, I don't know about this country, but in America, in the parole system, in America, the prisoner has to go back to the place where he was arrested. It's total madness. I mean, they put him right back in the, in the environment that destroyed him in the first place. So it's like sending somebody who had malaria, now he's been treated, you send him back to the swamp. That's what they do. It's a horrible thing. These people, they really are trying to get better. A lot of them actually really try to get better. And then they go back, all their friends are there who haven't changed. Here's somebody... He, He's really changed. He's become Muslim. He's praying. He's fasting. He's got some spiritual strength. Suddenly he finds himself back in the same place. And all his old buddies come. And he feels strong. And this is one of the things Sidi Ahmed Zarruq reminds us. He said, never trust the nafs. If you've fallen into disobedience in a place, never feel strong about going back to it. Because he said, that's how Masiyah reoccurs. Is you get weak, you go back and you say, no, I'm not going to do it this time. You go back and you do it again. So this is what these people do. They go back to these places and then the people say, oh, just come down and, oh, no, I, I, I'm not doing crack anymore. You know, I gave that up. Yeah, that's okay. You don't have to do anything. Come on, just come down and see, you know, Joey's down there and just come down and see, we'll hang out, man. You know, don't worry about it. And he's, well, all right, I don't want to, you know. Because he he's his friends and this and that. And he goes down. Suddenly they're all firing up the crack cocaine. And they're all saying, oh man, I feel this is really good. Come on, man. Just say one hit. What's it going to do? This is how it happens. This is being repeated right now. There's people right now. This is, I guarantee you. The cycle starts over again. And this is a human being. That's why you have to be in company. There was this interview of this monk I saw, in, and the monk said they get up every morning at 3 o'clock and start there chanting. And this guy said, isn't that difficult? He said, you know what? If, if I had to do it on my own, I'd never be able to do it. But there's a hundred monks here. Everybody gets up. He said, it's really easy. It's the same here. Everybody's here. It's easy to go pray in the jama'ah because everybody's going to the jama'ah. But then when you go back to these places, you know, yeah, I feel a little tired. That's what happens. But here, everybody go. It's the strength of jama'ah. Inna Allah ma'al jama'ah. Allah is with the jama'ah. And that's what we've lost. We've lost jama'ah.